So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus describes himself here as Lord of the Sabbath. If you were asked, and I'm going to ask you, so get your answers ready. If you were asked to give a title for Jesus or a one or two word description of Jesus, what would you say? Complete the sentence. Jesus is Almighty, Lord, the Word, peace, love, grace, friend, human, redeemer, divine, teacher, prophet. Now, even though I just said it, I'm wondering if anybody's listening, and even though it says it right here, thank you, Alice, he's not here, Jesus identifies himself very early in his ministry as Lord of the Sabbath. This is not something that obviously comes to mind readily. Um, I don't know if it would even be in the top 20 of what we would think. Lord of the Sabbath seems very archaic, very isolated to you know, the first century. And just even the, the concept of Sabbath seems kind of outdated and archaic. Yeah, we know, we know it's supposed to be a day of rest. One out of seven, we're supposed to rest. Um, but, you know, we're too busy to do that. And it, it, you know, can't do that in the 21st century. We know it's, you know, we know about blue laws. Some of us were brought up with blue laws where, you know, lots of businesses were closed on Sunday. You couldn't do anything on Sunday. Um, oh man, I mean, it was... My family really didn't do anything on Sunday. Um, when we learned to drive, that was kind of nice, that the stores were closed and the parking lots were empty in the stores, so you could uh, drive in the parking lot, your dad could take you and teach you, and you wouldn't hit anything. Uh, that, that's my recollection of, the, of blue laws, you know. Uh, it's a day to do nothing. Uh, who has time to do nothing? Uh, and are we saying Jesus is the Lord of nothing? That's kind of a nonsensical statement. Uh, but Jesus, in identifying himself as the Lord of the Sabbath, is saying something significant about himself, about his ministry, about his disciples, about the kingdom of God. For the Jew, um, Sabbath was the day of rest. It's in the Ten Commandments. And again, it's one of the, the commandments that we might forget. It's one we might think is, isn't that important anymore. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. There were two reasons, depending on which um, text you read. One was, remember the Sabbath day, for you were once slaves in Egypt. Slaves work 24-7. Free people don't. They take a day off. So remember that you're not slaves anymore. Rest. Enjoy life. The other passage about remember the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For in six days God created the world, but on the seventh day God blessed it, called it holy, and rested. 
Six days of creation God called good. On the first day, God created the end of the first day and God saw that it was good. The second day, God created the end of the second day and God saw that it was good. God doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that on the seventh day. It says, the seventh day God rested and blessed it. Didn't call it good, but blessed it and hallowed it. So it's a special day. It's the day where in resting, the Jew imitates God. We might not be able to imitate God in many ways, but we can imitate God in resting. It's the day where heaven and earth meet, where the divine and the holy meet the human. It's our opportunity to be with God. It's it's a time to experience holiness and sacredness of life. It's a time to see the world and what we do in it differently. It's a big thing. So when Jesus calls himself, I am Lord of the Sabbath, he's saying a mouthful here because the Sabbath is God's. So when he says, I am Lord of the Sabbath, he's saying, I am God. It's like when he walks on water and the disciples say, who is he that even the water and the wind obey him? Something bigger is going on here than we thought. This is more than a teacher. This is more than a prophet. I think that even in he's Lord even of the Sabbath is an extraordinary statement because he's, he's not minor league here. He's big time. And he's cosmic. So Jesus is saying something extraordinary in saying he's Lord of the Sabbath. And during Lent, we're going to be exploring what he means and what he is saying about himself and what he's saying about the kingdom and what he is saying about us as disciples. And we will get into the presence of God, the community of God, the kingdom of God, um, the holiness of life and how we see life, and it's all wrapped up in that title, for I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, we tend to understand life in two ways, in terms of space and in terms of time. And space and time are interrelated. How do we use space? How do we use time? Creations, there are two creation stories in the Bible in Genesis. Most of you know that. One is about the creation of space, the creation of the Garden of Eden, where it has its boundaries, and there are animals, and there are trees, and there are plants, and there are rivers and streams in the garden. And so the space that God's created is about things. It's about stuff. You know, space is about pulpits and 
kneeling rails and pews and candles and tables and pianos and organs and people. That's the things of space. Those are the things of space. Second creation story, the other creation story, is about the creation of time. The first day, the second day, the third day, the seventh day, God rested. It's somewhat easy to understand things because we can touch them and we can see them and we can smell them and we can taste them. It's a little harder to come to terms with time because we can't hold it and we can't see it and we can't smell it. While they interrelate, we tend to live more in the world of space and of things. And we devote our time to acquiring and possessing things. And we even reduce time to a thing. Time is money. In the world of time, time is more about being than having. It's more about sharing than controlling. It's more about giving than owning. It's more about being at peace than it is about being in conflict. When we think about God, we probably tend to think about God in terms of place and space. Where is God? Well, God's in heaven. Well, where is heaven? Up there. And we tend to see things and objects as more important than time. And we tend to idolize things. It's hard to know what to do with time. You know, we can control space and things, we can manipulate it, we can exploit it, but time is kind of vague. Kazantzakis, in one of his books, talks about encountering a beggar who came up to him and said, give me an hour. Well, how do you give a person an hour? I can't reach in my pocket and say, here's an hour. And we talk about saving time, but at the end of the day, it's gone. You know, we all have 24 hours. We can't really save time, and I can't give you time. I can give you things, but I can't give you time. In life, 
the spiritual life is not about amassing things. It's about experiencing sacred moments. Hebrew is an interesting language. Hebrew, the sentence starts with the verb, not with the noun. So in English, we would say, the preacher, the thing, stood, the action, at the pulpit. In Hebrew, they would say, stood the preacher at the pulpit. For time is the important thing in Hebrew. For time is where the action takes place. And they emphasize action and events and sacred moments and sacred happenings, not things. For some people, for many people, for most people, this space here means nothing. Most people in Columbus have never been in this space. And for them, nothing has happened here. For many of us here, the action that has happened here What's happened in this space has made it sacred, has made it important. It's what happens in time that makes a space sacred, not the other way around. So this space is sacred for some of us because we've been married here. And the action that happened in time has made it important. For others, we've baptized our children. Or we've buried our spouse out of here. And so what happens here makes it sacred. The time that is here makes it sacred. For some of us, we came here feeling empty and lost and alone. And we heard for the first time the action of hearing that God loves us regardless and unconditionally. And that hearing and God's action made this space sacred. Time can be empty or full. It can be rich or boring, but it's the events of time that make it the space sacred and blessed. It's, um, it's somewhat easy to fill space with beautiful buildings and creation. It's much harder to fill time with the Spirit, isn't it? 
So when Jesus comes and says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath, he's saying, I'm the Lord of time. And he begins his ministry by saying, the kingdom is at hand. The time is fulfilled. The time is filled full. I have come to make your moments sacred, to give significance to your actions. And my actions of death and crucifixion and resurrection will give fullness to your time wherever you are. Jesus is saying that it's his presence around us that makes things blessed and hallowed and sacred. It may be just a pulpit, but the time that Jesus makes it that is present makes it sacred. It may be just a room, but Jesus' presence makes it sacred. It may be just a hospital room or a classroom, but Jesus' presence makes it sacred. It may be just a person on the street, but Jesus' presence makes it sacred. I, um, Thursday, I don't know if any of you remember Thursday because what's worth remembering about Thursday? Nothing happened. It was empty time. One day is like another, isn't it? It was a somewhat warm day, but it was really gray and rainy, you know, and in this time of year, this is ugly in this time of year in this neighborhood because the snow has melted and you can start to see the trash and you can start to see the bottles and you can start to see just the dirt that's been thrown on the grass and on the sidewalks and it's just ugly and it's just kind of and I had walked to Kroger and I I had shopped at Kroger to get my bag of stuff and isn't Kroger you know it's just things at Kroger it's just stuff and, and aisles and aisles of things and you don't expect anything important to happen at Kroger. And I'd got my stuff and I'd left Kroger and I looked at the ground and there was, you know, there were plastic bags and there were, there were paper bags that were squashed there and, you know, they had been revealed by the melting snow and there were carts in the parking lot. And, and as I left and I started to walk, you know, down the street, but I was still on their property, this woman came up to me. I don't know if she was a street person. I don't know if she was homeless, but she had all the appearance of a homeless person. Uh, she had some bags. She had a backpack. She had stuff in, in bags. Um, 
she, she had all her, looked like all her clothes on, even though it was a somewhat warm day. Her clothes were very layered. She had on a sweater and, and, um, and, and a winter coat. And she came up to me and she said, excuse me, sir. And I thought, oh, here, she, here we go. She's going to ask for something. She's going to ask for money. She's going to ask for food. She's going to ask me to buy her buy her something. And I said, yes. And she said to me, sir, would you dance with me? Now, I didn't dance at my own wedding. I, um, if you asked Susan to make a list of the things I can't do, it would be a long list. But in the top ten would be John can't dance. So, in all honesty, I said to the woman, I can't dance. And at that, she said, well, can you pretend? And I said, yeah, I can pretend. <laughs> and with that, she put out her hand. And I took her hand and I went. <laughs> and she said, good enough. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Tracy. You know, And I thought I was surrounded by insignificant things, including that woman. And her asking me to dance, the action of asking me to take my time and to fill my time by dancing with her, made that moment sacred. And I've been to Kroger twice since then. And now when I leave it, and I stand on that little space outside the door, I think of that sacred moment that Jesus hallowed and blessed through that nameless woman. It is significant to realize that Jesus is the Lord of time. For that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for sacred stuff. We're looking for sacred moments that give our life meaning. And Jesus says, I'm the Lord of time who offers you those sacred moments. Be open to them. May it be so. Amen.